To begin. Are you watching closely? To begin. Clytus, I'm bored. How to start? What plaything can you offer me today? In Life Itself, a memoir, Roger Ebert begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born a poor black child. The visuals were before me. I was born in it. The audio surrounded me. Molded by it. The plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. Welcome back to the first syllable. A few updates today. I've been re-listening to the 11th hour storyline from the Adventure Zone D&D podcast where they were in a time loop in a small town, taking notes on that. I won't go through all the notes that I've got from that. They've been some interesting stuff. And then I rewatched the movie Triangle. Was actually surprised by how little I got from that that I could use. Basically a few names. But I had a few sort of major ideas recently. Minor one. That's how it's written in my notes. Debating the end of source code. Dez thinks it's clear since the guy saved everyone else on the train. It's okay that he took over the body since that guy would have died anyway. Connor comments on that being Dez's answer to the trolley problem. It might not even need to be a conversation between the two of them. It might not be a debate because of another note that's about to come up. Once someone else is in the loop, this is big. Once someone else is in the loop, they can also narrate slash talk to camera. The question then becomes, can two people who are talking to the camera know what the other one is saying to camera? Does it become self-aware when they're in the loop? Too self-aware. Is there too self-aware a thing? If you're using voiceover properly, I say properly like that because I've made this complaint many places and regarding many films. There's a trend in films less maybe always, but definitely some in the last couple decades where they'll have a sort of the main characters telling you a brief little introductory thought for the movie, and it's just a few lines of dialogue at the beginning of the movie, and then they never narrate again. Or at best, they come back for like two sentences at the end. I was watching It recently, It and It Chapter 2, and thinking about how you could re-edit that and put it back together, and I'm like, what do you do with Hanlon's voiceover? I'm like, do we need his voiceover? I don't think we do need his voiceover. I think I'd want to take it out entirely. But that's the kind of voiceover where it's like he says a bunch of stuff at the beginning, and then I don't think he talks through most of the movie, and then he talks at the end. We don't need it. I know what they were going for. They needed to catch us up on the timeline for Chapter 2 in case we've never read the book, never seen the miniseries from TV. My idea of a voiceover, though, is it needs to be present. It needs to be like... One of my favorite examples is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but really any detective story where the detective is narrating stuff. I said recently on, I guess we would have said this on Minutia Ex Machina, we were talking about Blade Runner, Austin and I, who you've heard Austin on this show briefly before, is the problem with the voiceover in the 
theatrical cut of Blade Runner is not that it exists. The content of it is fine. You're going for a film noir detective vibe. You want a voiceover. The problem is there was no energy to it because Harrison Ford didn't care about the voiceover and didn't want to do it. And you need a voiceover where it matters. Something like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or The Opposite of Sex where the voiceover is aware it's talking to an audience. You have to display the artifice, show how fake this is. This is a story. This is a movie you are watching. It's not real. And then you have to still make us care about the characters. Because that's the trick. People watching movies are going to have some suspension of disbelief. But what you need to be able to do is to depend on their suspension of disbelief even when you're pushing things too far. And that's what I want. I want Connor to be able to talk to the camera in the middle of a conversation. To have an aside to camera which is usually done for comedic purposes. This isn't necessarily going to be comedy, but it is commentary. And if then you get a moment where both Dez and Connor are saying things to each other and to us, whether or not they hear what each other is saying to us, we get the vibe of that multi-directional conversation. And in the end of the film, when Connor, Dez, Roe, and T are all inside the loop and can all interact with us, then what happens? I also had a thought recently where I'm like, would it be possible for to have gotten in the loop without Connor knowing it. My notion is anyone within a certain physical proximity of him at midnight goes into the next loop with him. She would have had to, on that particular day, be in proximity to him without him knowing it. Either she came to see him and was outside the door but hadn't knocked yet, something like that, or she was spending the night with someone else at the same hotel. Except, is he staying at a hotel? That's the other note that came up recently. Well, first, before I get too far away from my mentioning of watching it, is there's a little bit of repetition in parts of that as well. And I was reading the opening chapters of the book and realized that one of the names Pennywise has, I don't think they ever mentioned it in the movie, but one of Pennywise's names is Bob Gray. Des's last name is Gray. I'm like, okay, so we're going to get mention of his father. His father's name is Bob. Easy. Extra reference. So the thing about the hotel is I realized Connor isn't staying at a hotel. Or if he is, he's staying there to sort of make a point of it. Because I, I've been trying to avoid having Connor's part be a Connor's loop, where he has to fix up his life and improve the day to get out. Because I don't want this to be a get-out-of-the-loop kind of plot. It's more of an existential realization of how life is. You make of the time you have. But then I was like, maybe Connor died on day one. He was back in town. Maybe he is staying at a hotel because he doesn't want to stay at his parents' place because it's small or something. They moved to a new house after he left years ago. Whatever. But I think he's been back in town before this weekend. And maybe he or someone will realize that when they come to his room and realize he hasn't been just staying there for like a day. He's been in town. And I was avoiding a lot of his personal stuff before the loop because I didn't want to turn it into a he has to fix up his life. But also I think we need a backstory. And I've said he's in his hometown. His parents will be involved in the story in some way. It's one of those parts of the story I haven't figured out yet. And I figured out part of it, I think. And this would come to a reference potentially to repeaters, a reference to the map of Tiny Perfect Things, in that I think his father is dying or recently died and was dying for a while. And so Connor actually came back home-ish to help out his mother dealing with the ailing father or father dealing with the ailing mother. I haven't found a good reason for it to be one or the other yet. And maybe the other, I love it in my notes, I called him this. He hasn't told the other horsemen yet. Ro and T and Dez don't know this. This is part of the point of the story, is that these four friends used to be close as could be. And in recent years, 
As they grow up, they don't keep in touch. Not like they should. And now's their chance. We, uh, it's a past stuff that dreams are made of. You still here? It's over, Johnny. It's over. It's over. Nothing is over. Go home. Nothing. You just don't turn it off. Go. 